It's time to get inspired. It's time to have some fun. It's time to take your relationship to the next level and create the marriage you always believed was possible. Come on, join us as we learn from real couples that have overcome real problems with real solutions. Welcome to the Unstoppable Duo Show with your hosts, Rebecca and Tim Lindsay. We're excited to have you on the show, Jess and Nick. Good to be here. (laughs) We're thrilled to be here. That's awesome. Well, um, Jess, of course, is uh, Jess and Nick. They're both authors. They're both writers, content creators, and uh, tons of books. We looked you up, Jess, before, and we thought you had only written one book. Lo <laughs> 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 no and behold, there's like seven of them. And absolutely incredible. The your re- most recent one, of course, Breaking Free from Body Shame. But you also wrote about um, You Are the Girl for the Job, uh, Dance, Stand, Run, and a whole lot more. Um, you're a coach, uh, coaching lots of women, but you're not only just coaching directly to women, you're coaching coaches, you're training trainers. And uh, we're so excited about that and to hear more about that. We, uh, of course, we know Nick. Nick, uh, your husband, is a pastor of Bright City. I think it's Bright City Church, right? That's just, it. That's it. Come on. Here in Charleston. And uh, they are absolutely awesome. They started the church in 2014, which was when we planted our church in Zurich, Switzerland. And uh, so we planted together. And uh, what an exciting adventure that's been. Rebecca. Mm -hmm. He's also an entrepreneur. He loves talking to entrepreneurs. He loves coaching them as well and just being involved, um, helping the business side too with Jess. So it's an honor for us being like our upbringing was is church is church planting and now um starting business too so i think your couple that we're just learning a lot from and just even observing like how do they do it and how do they talk and what what are they doing kind of so it's it's an honor to have you yeah it's going to be an interesting podcast not just for our listeners but yeah. for us we're so excited <laughs> us to hear from you yes. we uh we are flying the plane and building it at the same time yeah yeah, yeah. scary. You, you get to decide. Like, there's always you should better start a plane and know where you land. But sometimes it feels like you're flying and heading to New York, but maybe we land in Philadelphia or in Los Angeles. Absolutely. We would like to know, like, how long are you together? What's your background? How did you meet? Who maybe fell in love first with the <laughs> things like that? It's got two different stories you're going to get. Yeah, it's, that's going to be kidding. two different perspectives to some degree. I'll, uh, I'll give uh, details and you can fill in. How's that? Great. All right. Uh, we actually met in youth group. I went to the same church my whole life. And then I think about when I was, you were 15 or 16? I was 15. 15 and I was 16. Jess's family showed up at the church. And so I remember she walked into youth group. I still remember what she was wearing. And uh, we were friends for about a year and a half. And then it came time for me to graduate and go off to college or university. And uh, I didn't have anywhere I wanted to go and could go or anything like that. And so I stayed back and worked. And in that time, uh, we started dating. And so we dated when it was her senior year. It was my supposed to be freshman year, but it was more of a gap year. And then uh, basically no one in my family went to college. So wherever, wherever 
Jess was going, I was going to go. That was my college plan. It was like, I didn't have any plans other than to be where she was. And so she got in the university of South Carolina. And so I was like, well, I think that's where I'll go Um, (laughs) up there with her. Did I miss anything? No, I think that's really good. I mean, I would just add that. Yeah. Months before we started dating, I had deep (laughs) feelings for him and thought I want to marry that guy. Just really from early on um and i would say for both of us our calling to one another and our calling to ministry was really intermingled mm-hmm. um we were realizing we wanted to be together around the same time we were realizing we wanted to be in ministry yeah. and it's just, it's like there was that's all interwoven together it feels like you can't really separate out pieces of that like we knew we wanted to be on mission together we grew up together yeah and like we did some, really awesome yeah really grow up together, <laughs> grow up in the Lord together, grow up in ministry together. Um, if you had told us, I think if you had told us when we were 16, 17, that we'd be married, we wouldn't be surprised. Mm-hmm. If you had told wow. us we'd be in ministry, we probably wouldn't be surprised. But I think if you had told either of us, we were going to be in business entrepreneurs to the degree that we are, I think I would have been a little surprised. Well, it was originally <laughs> what I wanted to do. I, I, took a community college class in business and I was like, man, this is amazing. I want to do that. And so when I showed up at South Carolina, I like inquired about the business school and they were like, oh, that's not how this works. Like it's the top business school with the top international business school. Yeah. And so I was like, well, ministry it is, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, uh, which is all the Lord. And, and he's, he's married them together over time, but yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the spirit of a pioneer, right? The spirit of an apostle, the spirit of an entrepreneur. It's, a, it's, it's running through our veins. Yeah. And it's it being expressed in, you know, at church and business and in relationships and everything that we do and the ideas and the creative side of what we're doing and really just wanting and uh, to see God's kingdom grow and finding yeah. opportunities uh, wherever that is. And uh, that's awesome. We got to know the colonies um, at, um, I don't know if it was their place or if it was at uh, Josh and Katie Walter's place, but Mm -hmm. they are, uh, Jess is Katie Walter's sister and uh, Josh works with me here at Seacoast Church. And it was just so awesome to get to know you guys uh, through friends and uh, to experience, uh, just to hear about all that you're experiencing and just be blessed by it. They kind of adopted us for all the American family yes. gatherings. When we moved here, we didn't know Thanksgiving. We, you know, Halloween <laughs> is not as celebrated as it is in Switzerland as it is here. And so when everything, every time they had like a family gathering, we were there and that's how we met you and talked and learned from you. That's awesome. I would say you guys are some of the favorite members of our family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you were discussed. We just the other yeah. day we were talking about Thanksgiving and everybody was like, "Are the Lindsays coming?" <laughs> and Katie said, "I think I think they have enough friends now. They do their own thing." <laughs> they <built> their own. <laughs> like, we miss the Lindsays. When are they coming back? <laughs> I, I also love that I because I think I'm. This is going to sound bad. I'm not over American Thanksgiving, but like even this year, I was like, Hi, "Can we?" can we have tacos on Thanksgiving? Is that allowed? <laughs> but the one thing I remember is you guys bringing like your, almost some things of your traditions to ours. And I was like, this is the best. Yeah, I'm tired of American Thanksgiving. I want world Thanksgiving or whatever. So I remember that. Yeah, that's cool. That's awesome. So 
both of you are very strong. Both you are like a classical unstoppable duo. Um, you now, I'm, I'm sure you don't always feel unstoppable. I'm sure there are times uh, and phases uh, in your relationship where you feel very stoppable. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but um, uh, you know, I'm guessing, um, Jess, you're an eight on the enneagram. Nick, I think I know that from from you, Jess. Nick, you're a three. I'm a one. You're a one. There you go. Like our daughter. Yeah, like our daughter, the reformer. And um, yes. yes. And so you're both very strong, you know, characters, very strong in your leadership. You're doing a lot of things together. How do you, you know, how does those roles, what are the differences in your roles? How do you make that work? Do you want to go? No, I'll let you start. (laughs) I think. I think it, it, so. I I don't I know enough about the enneagram to be dangerous, which is really bad. But and it's been a while since I've done the deep dive. But the one thing I do remember is that they usually say one and eights are like oil and water because there is like a a strong sense of right and wrong. Yeah, and not just like oh this is wrong in the world. This is right. This should be right in the world. But no, this is like wrong and right in this situation. And yeah. so I think for the first like five years of business and ministry was just trying to figure out and get on the same page of how do you, how do you move forward when one might think they're right and the other thinks they're wrong all yeah. the time or some of the time. <laughs> um, and so I think, I think the cool part is, is, is that the more and more we walk it out, I feel like we both come away with, it's like, Hey, listen, you, you might be right. And I might be right. Which is actually a line that we stole from pastor Greg that we use, uh, Greg Sred at Seacoast, like, yeah. Oh, you might be right. And he says that in like, uh, I'm right. And you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but I, yeah, we've adopted it that to be funny in our marriages. We'll say that in, in the other one rolls their eyes. Cause they know still that I yeah. think I'm right. But yeah. in, in sanctified use, it really is cool to, as a one or as an eight, like you, you care more about right than you care about being right. And so you, you do just want what is right to happen or what is best to happen. And so I feel like the place where we've got now is to be able to just say, hey, listen, let's just move forward. And one of us might be right and one of us might be wrong. And that's okay because we both value right more than being right which is I feel like it took a long time to get there but yeah I feel like we've gotten there yeah I think one thing that has helped us with I would say two things that have helped us a lot with roles and because there is a lot of crossover and we're Mm -hmm. very used to it and we don't even see it anymore but a lot of times people in our life will be like this is so messy like how (laughs) do you guys handle it we were we're some leaders from our church last weekend and they were just saying again like we're not really sure how you guys handle this um because even um like logistically at any time nick can walk into a business meeting that i'm having Mm -hmm. and suggest an idea um and that's not very normal you know for like a for a a ceo's husband to like pop Mm -hmm. in and be like have you tried this um same time similarly like in a and even on staff at bright city our roles intermingle mingle a lot because the lead pastor but i lead our staff and so there's just a lot of delineation but so i would say the two things that i feel like have helped us the most is um like pretty clear pre-communication and boundaries mm-hmm. like hey i'm gonna do this you're gonna do this yeah. um or i would really like to do this i'd really like for you to do this like clearly communicating that And then I would say the other thing is really, especially because our personalities are so different, 
um, really favoring each other's superpower and not seeing it as a weakness and then giving them a lot of room to run in that. So for example, Nick is an Enneagram one, which means he's a reformer, which means um, what, what used to feel to me like a lot of critique, I now see is like his superpower. It's his superpower that he can bring correction, that he can good. shift things until they're yeah. just right. Um, so in small ways, we used to joke about him rearranging the grocery cart. So for years, we'd <laughs> And I'd put something in and he'd move it and I'd put something else in and he'd move it. And that would make me irate because I'd be like, you're just correcting me. And then I realized like, this is your superpower. This is what you're good at. Um, likewise, uh, as an Enneagram eight for me, like sensing what's happening in the room emotionally and mentally and spiritually and, and either leaning into that or leading it or shifting it. Um, I think anytime we give each other a lot of room to say like, I don't understand that piece, but I want you to run with it. I want you to yeah. take it far, um, has been really helpful. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. I mean, in the, in, in the couple first years when you were together, it's kind of, you know, you're different, but you don't know that you're different or maybe it's more yeah. attractive than maybe it's afterwards. How would you describe the difference of maybe being more disappointed in the beginning and now even use yourself knowing much more now that's actually strength of mine I'm not willing to let go of this so quickly like maybe I would would have done in the beginning of the relationship so kind of it could be a harder conversation but it could be an easier conversation so how would you describe the difference from going through the pain and disappointment from the past to where you are now like are you uh, so being the how did the transition happen from like oh. feeling? I would say I can start. Um, I it was very difficult for us. And I, I just, I try to be really honest with people about that and transparent mm -hmm. to say the first, the first two or three years of marriage was just hard in general. And it was hard for different reasons for us. We, um, we had three kids under three. So we had three children in 30 months, a 30 month span of time. And, um, we also went through a season of, of financial poverty, just literal poverty in that season. And so we were also dealing with like spiritual depression, really toxic leadership, um, at the church we were serving at, um, just like all, all these hard things. So that made the first yeah. few years hard. Mm -hmm. And to some degree that kind of brought us together because mm -hmm. there was no, like there, we couldn't make it on our own. Like we couldn't get through a day. Um, but then the next few years, I'd say year three to year 10 was really, really painful. And it was, there was a lot of arguing and there was a lot of distrust. I would say that was the biggest thing is that we just didn't trust each other. Mm -hmm. um, and I think I think through fighting, I think through discourse, I think through the power of the gospel, mm -hmm. um, something really did shift in there where we realized like all these tensions we're feeling about each other would go differently if we actually hope the best in one another. If we actually yeah. said like, I don't think you're out to get me. I don't think um, you want bad for me. I think mm -hmm. you actually want good for God. I think you want good for me. I think you want yeah. good for the kingdom. And like, I'm going to try to trust that instinct to some degree. Um, I would say, so like learning to hope the best in each other was the biggest transition. And now, but I would say, so still now 16 years married, that feeling comes up of like, you want bad for me. You're trying to take from me, mm -hmm. you, you know, you're, you're like 
discounting me and it, it still comes, yeah. but the wave of like trust comes quicker than yeah. it used to where it's like, hold on. I, I actually do love you. Like, I know you love me. I know you love God. I maybe don't understand this, but mm. I would say that's been like the biggest shift for me. Yeah. I mean, that was a good question. Yeah. I've never thought about that. <laughs> yeah. That's so good. I mean, that's, uh, that's, thank you for being so vulnerable and, and talking about it. So what actually, how do you actually, what does that practically look like? You know, you're in an argument, um, you confront each other, both, uh, you know, want to have the right away type thing. And then how, how does that play out? And how does that feeling of, oh, you know, you want the best for me? How does that come? Do you just trust it? Do you just believe it and you just act on it? Um, do you have a code word or what do you? Yeah, well, the code word is I think you're right. You could yeah, be right. You could be right. You might be right. Um, I think I think that we said this to someone recently, but it was it was that everyone, and I think you guys would appreciate this as 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 people from uh, somewhere out some from somewhere outside of the U.S. is like you're learning a new language when you get married, yeah. and mm -hmm. every couple speaks. Uh, like they they're coming in speaking two different languages and they have to learn how to speak one language mm -hmm. and so i think more than anything was was like whenever a couple fights that is a language and yeah. in the first years of marriage it's it, you might as well be speaking spanish and someone else is speaking french and you maybe yeah. understand like 30 percent of it because it's a romance language but with with us it was like okay once we could come and blend our language to become one. And then once we could learn how to have a language to fight or to d discuss or whatever it is, I think that was super helpful of just being like, okay, so when we talk about hard things, like here's how we're going to talk about them, or here's the words that we're going to use, or here's the words that we're not going to use, or mm -hmm. um, here's what the language is going to be like. And so I think for, at least for me, that was super helpful just to say, listen, like, because I feel like a lot of couples, not only are you having a fight about something, you're having a fight about the fight eventually. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And so I think it's like, okay, listen, like we 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 just need to we need to have the language that keeps this about the actual thing that we want to talk about. Yeah. Versus like, okay, so we started this way, and now five hours later or one week later, we're still yeah we're we're talking about you using a different language or, you know, yeah. I don't know. And so I, yeah, talking about the fight. And so I think, I think that's been super helpful. So all of what Jess has said, but then also like, you just have to like come with common ground and common language of, of what you're going to do and not do and say and not say, and that's yeah. been super helpful. Because part of my language is that I think in lists, I have this is now the second time I'll answer with a list, but I would say two, um, <laughs> two we had two code words. I would say this would, they would, these would be part of them. I think genuine um, apology is a is a part of our code word. So a genuine like, I am sorry for blank. Um, Nick can tell you I don't I'm not proud of this, but I am like a, an apology cop. I don't love this about my personality, but purist. <laughs> I really don't like I'm, I'm so if I said, Hey, I'm sorry, you feel that way? Whoop, whoop. Yeah, that's not it for me. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I dropped the hook there. Yeah, yeah. I need to. I need to hear from Nick, from my people I lead with, from my kids, from myself. I need to hear like, I am sorry, I did blank. 
I did this thing. Um, Which and just the prophetic, like she wants genuine repentance. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that is like a safe word for us. That is like a code word. And similarly, um, for, for you, wouldn't you say, if I can actually apologize and say, I'm sorry, like this thing, I did that. Mine's, mine's tone. Yeah. I had, I had like, yeah. um, a wild, <laughs> wild upbringing. And so like, yeah. cause your, your family origins coming into it. And so I, she could, she could call me the worst name in the dictionary, but as long as she does it in a kind tone, then I'm, yeah, I'm great. Like, really <laughs> she says the nicest thing in a horrible tone. I'm, I can't hear it. I don't understand it. And it's, it's not because of her. It's just because yeah. of how I was raised in the environment. That's good. Actual apology and tone. The only other one I was going to say that I would say like genuinely helps us. And I feel like you led us really well in this a few years ago. Um, but a few years ago, Nick said, um, he listened to some message or read some book and he, he brought up the passage, um, where it talks about Satan being the prince, prince of, of the, the air. air. Yeah. And he said, a lot of times I believe that when we argue, you like, the prince of the air is messing with our words. And you good. believe you heard me say X, Y, and Z, but what I yeah. really said was A, B, and C. And mm -hmm. so I think since we've brought that into our language, it really does help. Like there, there would be just, we'd reach total impasses where he'd say like, no, you said A. And I'd be like, no, I said B, or I'd say, you said A. And he said, I'd say yeah. B. Yeah. I think bringing that into our Thing, bringing that into our relationship and our language has ser served us a lot to say like okay maybe we're not going to figure this one out maybe that was the prince of the air um let's yeah. move on <laughs> you yeah. know and with that and this comes from another amazing pastor at seacoast is that it, uh the help me understand or like what did you mean or like yeah even more so like hey i, I know this is not who you are but this is what yeah. it sounds like you said mm -hmm. yeah i feel like too because it's it because in those moments it's not who you are in those moments is not who you are like 99 of the time yes and so you really do have to just say like hey listen i know this is not who you are i know you didn't mean it this way but help me understand why you said it this way or help me understand yeah. did you actually say that and that yeah with that stuff yeah. too i love your self-awareness and how you you know this i you can feel that you've had strong conflicts in the past <laughs> and you can feel that you've overcome them mm -hmm. and that you've gone through them and that you've found some kind of a language and that you've found tools to help you really uh, relate as a couple and that's so strong and i think that's so good for us all e even if you know uh, maybe a listener can't relate exactly to what you're saying because that's not their experience what what's happening is is your what you're relating is hey find out what your experience is become self-aware of your different roles of your different personalities mm -hmm. find out um you know how you can talk with each other how you can work together and uh you know make it happen and, and that's so good so so good now just switching gears a little bit um you talked about being uh in a phase in your life where there was poverty um where there was isolation um which was very difficult in the young years of your marriage and all that kind of stuff um and now you're in a totally different stage of life and you know um we can only i can only talk about looking from the outside in um i see coaching i see books i see a church planted i see just a whole lot of fruit 
Um, Four kids. You multiplied one more kid there. <laughs> yes. Um, that your that your relationship is is giving uh, to the world. I'm you know we're just so thankful what you uh, you're doing for women. Uh, what you're doing for you know couples, marriages, and uh, people that go to your church, and all the other people that you're investing and in coaching in is just absolutely awesome. How um, did that come about? How did that work? All of it, like the progression. <laughs> yes. How did you go from a state of, you know? Yeah, it it was I. As much of a vision person I am, I well, I, I will say this. I feel like we both have a big sense of destiny, or like a big sense of like God's call and vision, and like we want to milk it for all it's worth. But also, randomly, I think both of us have this like streak of either with me faith like everyday faithfulness or with Jess like everyday like planning to where everything is is macro big in like these huge big buckets but it only those buckets only happen because of like daily yeses or daily no's or like just everyday living in a way that's like okay hey um this is what I sense God's doing right now um let's do it. And then, and then he grows it. Cause I think that's the, the, you know, for kingdom believers, that's the, the principle of the kingdom is not that you have a big bucket and then you always hold the big bucket is that you have the small bucket, you have the little, the tiny cup yeah. and God multiplies it. And so I think, I think just living that way of just like, Hey, listen, I have big dreams and big hopes and big goals for, for all the things that God's called me to. But also I think, it starts with just an everyday small seed and then that seed turns into yeah. something else. And that's like what God does. Um, and then also I think just for both of us from a marriage perspective, I think just being able to like give each other the freedom to green light brainstorm or to like say the weird big things that like we want. Like, I think that I feel like Jess has helped create a culture of that in our marriage of like, Hey, listen, the, I mean, I've said some dumb things that, the worst times, but it's always like received, um, whether that be like when we're birthing our first child and I have an idea that we should move to Manhattan and help the that church really there. Happened. That, that <laughs> really happened. Or uh, when I, when I originally told her, I felt like God was calling us to plant. We were in the middle of a freak snowstorm in Seattle. We were snowed in for two weeks and uh, I was getting dinner notifications through text message because she wasn't speaking to me. And so I think even in the- <laughs> In the midst of all that, I think it's just the ability, even if we can't digest it, the ability to be able to say like, hey, you can you can say whatever you want. Um, and, you know, God's in control of that, which I think is Acts 4 or 5, where it's like, and now God stretch out your sovereign hand and, and you do what only you can do and, yeah. and everything else burn away. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that's a really good answer. I think the like perfect recipe of what we both carry that's a really good way to say it I've never heard you say that before but I would say we both have a very strong sense of of destiny and eternity mm-hmm. we're both like very deep thinkers um too and deep. yeah often too <laughs> deep we're, we're like both a very compelled people we have to really both really work at taking it easy or letting be something letting something not be a big deal so I'd say we both have like a pretty strong sense of destiny and I would say Nick's one of his superpowers is everyday faithfulness. Um, he he does healthy things every day. He lives a very healthy private life, and that's helped me live a very pri- healthy 
private life. Um, it's really called me up to do the same. Um, I, and I think that I often tell people like, I think I'm a really bad rester. I think I'm really bad at rest only when I compare myself to Nick, but then I realize I, I probably rest better than the average, you know, 37 year old woman in America, because I'm married to someone who, who has really good rhythms of rest. Or, Mm -hmm. um, I think I don't read my Bible enough, but it's because I'm married to Nick who like really faithfully reads his Bible, you know, whenever he can. And so I'm like, um, I'm grateful for that. And I would say one of my superpowers is planning. I do, um, our life takes a lot of planning and it takes a lot of really strategic thinking forward about, small details for us to not feel frantic at all times. And so, um, I do a lot of that and it gives me a lot of room to do a lot of that. Um, and it's how we kind of keep moving every day, but I would say logistically, how do we get from brokenness, like experiencing yeah. really brokenness to here? Um, the, the more logistical answer is I think that any amount of fruit we experienced, we, we intrinsically really wanted to give away. And so um, when we began to experience some freedom from like financial poverty, we wanted to give that away. And so we did that through training and coaching other entrepreneurs. Um, When I experienced some healing from postpartum depression, I realized like, I want to give this to other women. Mm -hmm. Um, And that turned into writing a blog, which turned into writing books, um, which turned into teaching. I would say similarly, for Nick, you know, when he experiences calling and abundance and, um, and seeing God bring and, and birth beauty out of Mm -hmm. his vision, he wants to do that for other entrepreneurs, for other husbands, for other pastors. And so that leads him to want to lead in that. Mm -hmm. Um, and that is really the most honest answer. I mean, it, it, it looks like writing a mommy blog while I was like struggling with postpartum depression that, that led to publishing truly. It's like as easy as track it. Um, and similarly, I would say being a part of a really unhealthy, um, toxic church environment led to us wanting to start our own church and just say like, there's a better Better way way. to do this. There's gotta be a way to, to lead people, to lead the church in a way that doesn't feel skeezy or toxic or unhealthy or, Mm -hmm. um, or like people are, are just spinning their wheels and exhausted all the time. We just don't want that for people. So, um, that, that isn't a very like step-by-step logistical answer, but that's all that, all that happened. Yeah. No, I love that. That's so good because that's, you're saying like, um, you, you're going through pain and, uh, as you experience healing in that pain, um, there's always something there, not just for yourself, but for other people. And, uh, you've really, what I love about you guys is because you're deep thinkers, because you're, you know, self-aware, because you're moving forward, um, you're not only reflecting on your own relationship, but you're reflecting on how that relationship can benefit others, how that, um, you know, overcoming that pain can benefit somebody else. And uh, I think that's such a great example for so many of us, you know, so many of us go through painful experiences. So many of us um, can't and don't appreciate the purpose behind that pain and realize that God can do something absolutely amazing through the pain that we experience. You know, we'll pray for people every Sunday and it's awesome to be able to pray for people. It's awesome to be able to pray for healing. Uh, but sometimes you get the feeling that these people are, 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 you know, set in this pain and that there's no movement beyond this. And it's just a recurring pain and a recurring prayer. 
And uh, of course, we want to see people, you know, break free and move on to their next because we've seen that in, uh, you know, in our Unstoppable program with, uh, with our coaching, with the people going through it. Um, first of all, you identify the pain. First of all, you struggle with the pain. First of all, you know, you have to be vulnerable and share oh, with uh, own, own your story and share it with others. If you don't do that, if you can't do that, it's hard to move past that. Yeah. And, uh, but then as you own it, as you, as you start to share it, then all of a sudden you see all the eyes opening, like in month two or month three, it's like, oh my goodness, this is actually something that God could use. You know, this is actually yeah. something that, that could, you know, project me into a, a new um, calling, a new purpose that he has for my life. And I love that about you guys. I love how, you, how you've been able to really use that and then package it in a way that other people can, um, can benefit from it. That's awesome. So good. Like you said, um, Nick, you leading the church, Jess, you leading it with him. It's mm -hmm. the intervening of you leading a business, but Nick, you leading it with her. So it's, it, you're both living in your strength and in your passion, your calling, but it's intervening. So intertwining. Intertwining. But so how <laughs> do you how do you um make sure like where's your marriage in all of that you know you can probably get lost in both mm -hmm. this could be your non-stop theme like there's always something to plan there's always something to talk about there's always something to pray about in those areas like our date nights just like planning nights or <laughs> no well, they used to be no. <laughs> yeah or like they used to be like where we would because we would see each other for the first time and so you're wanting yeah. to like talk about everything and I, and I think we've gotten better about hey let's talk before we talk yeah um but I think I think some things that have been like helpful, at least for me, and I, you can speak for yourself, is I think number one, the in this this is like it might not be common sense for a lot of people. It's common sense. It, it could be common sense for a lot of people. It wasn't common sense for me. Is when you're starting a, a, a church, like you you're starting a a thing, whether that be an organization or whatever. And and the moment I switched for it to be a family it's like a, it's like a living, breathing organism that is, is, is gonna like God builds the church. And so yeah. I felt like it took the pressure of, of us to like, it took the pressure off of us to just say like, okay, yeah. um, this is, this isn't about us. It's bigger than us. And so I think in, in everything that we're all doing, like it's, it's, it, it's given to me to steward, but it, it is not about me. It's, it's bigger than me. Yeah. So I feel like that's helpful to, to know where I stand in it all. And then I think the other thing that's been helpful too, to like, to go into the business side and you can clarify too, is, is like the invitation. Like, I feel like there's always an invitation. And so rather than me just saying, Hey, this is, yeah, this is that, that's that, that's not working. That's not this, but if, Hey, will you read over this email or Hey, will you read over this Instagram post? And it's like, Oh, the, the door has opened. And so I think that's helped kind of keep things like out of date night or out of like being yeah. being at home. And I mean, even in the early parts of the church and in the early parts of the business, like everything ran out of our home. Yeah. So it was mm -hmm. like Connolly worldwide headquarters. You know, yes. often, like yeah. our, the church groups met there. We did shipping and fulfillment for our, our first business out of there. And I was like doing that in the wee hours of the night. Like it was like a, all of it out of that. And, and I think you're, you're always you're working from a place to like figure out, okay, this might be what it is for now, but it won't always be that way. So how do we, we make this not this way forever. And so I think that's been helpful too, to set boundaries. Yeah. I think having really firm boundaries 
has helped us. And I think um, I would encourage couples to note that you're each going to have different boundaries mm. that matter to you differently. And we do. Um, for example, uh, a new one for us is that Nick is, Nick is like uh, dipping his toe into real estate. He's learning more about it. He's really excited about it. And so um, early on in that journey, he would, he would often talk about it on our day off. Like and Sabbath, it was like, oh my gosh, this is so great. I get he, to learn about what I yeah. <laughs> enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> And I, and so I like try to make space for that a little bit, but I've also been able to say like, this is actually really stressful for me to talk about on my one day off. And she'll week. say last thing. I'll say uh, last yeah. thing. <laughs> one more thing. Yeah. So I, so just get, like lovingly and compassionately communicating. I don't want to, I don't want to talk about this right now. <laughs> I remember early on in, uh, in our business, our first, our first business was called Naptime Diaries. And I remember one weekend, Nick said, I love you so much. And I don't want to hear the then word naptime diaries this weekend. And I was like, okay, <laughs> that's what I needed to hear. That's what I needed to hear. Like just lovingly giving each other the space to have mm -hmm. that. But you do like you, like on Sabbath, you love, I love being alone because I'm with people yeah. most of the week. She loves being with people. And so yeah. I'm like, oh, that's yeah. exhausting, but it's like good for her. It's yeah. like Sabbath Eve for her. Yeah. So I think just clearly, having those boundaries and, and, know, and, and knowing you have to kind of reestablish them often. Like sometimes we'll be in bed and one of us will turn over and be like, Hey, about that thing. And we'll just say like, Hey, can we not, can we not today? Can mm -hmm. we talk about this tomorrow? Can we send an email to ourselves? And, and, and so you, I think knowing like you have to establish the boundaries and reestablish them. But I would also say, um, like, I think that another thing that has really helped us, cause I, we do feel like there mm -hmm. are really parts of our life that are very private and um and like just for us um but I would say I would also thank our superpowers again in that Nick is very good at doing the like fateful like let's check in let's put our phones down um let's like let's have healthy rhythms of like we shut everything off at at 9 30 and just spend time together um and I would say that I bring a lot of strategy to to how we're gonna make date night happen and so mm -hmm. I'm thinking one date night out two date nights out I'm almost always thinking uh, about like a, a quarterly getaway um whereas like or he, if you're going out of town you're like okay this needs to move yeah if time. I know I'm having a heavy work work week come up I'll say it's gonna get crazy on Thursday let's get away on Wednesday um, and I, I would just encourage women. I think that we've heard kind of a unhelpful narrative specifically in Christian culture of like the man has to pursue and he has to plan all of this. And I spent years just being really bitter that Nick couldn't do that. And then I realized like, that is not his gift. Literally couldn't do it. Three days ahead. Wow. He doesn't think three weeks ahead. Yeah. Whereas I can see our whole calendar from now until May, 2022. Yeah. Um, you, so, uh, iCal, Apple iCal, we yeah. call her a J-Cal. Yeah. <laughs> J-Cal, better or for worse. Um, so we, I think we just make space for each other and that, and I let him kind of like boss me around about the, about the faithfulness. We had a moment this morning where he was like trying to connect with me and I was moving on to the next thing. And I had to come back and apologize and say, I'm sorry. I wasn't just being, um, I wasn't just being present and faithful with you this morning. Um, so I think letting each other lead in those things, mm -hmm. whatever they are, feels helpful. It's so good because even, I mean, it's for us, it's business and it's church, like for you guys and for others, it's maybe the guys working or the woman is working and it's the kids. They, we, there's always something that yeah. can take you away from like you saying your power, 
your superpowers yeah. that you have yeah. and that the things God has given you. So what are some things besides doing those boundaries is that actually strengthens your marriage? You know, when we do that, we're actually doing better. Are there some, besides the quarterly getaway times, what are things that you know we, we're going to be better because of that? Mm. Playing, laughing mm -hmm. is our, like, that's our biggest go-to. If we're laughing together, everything's great. Like we're going to be great. If we don't have time to laugh and play a little bit, mm -hmm. um, we're, it's not great. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I would also say when we dream together, mm -hmm. um, when we, not like when we strategize or not when we plan, but when we just talk about like our God given desires and like the next 10 years, the next 20 years. And I have to say, I, uh, actually posted something on Instagram about this, uh, a, a little bit ago, even like, like a week ago about Nick and I dreaming together. And he, he has really led me in that. I'm not like a natural born dreamer, but he's Came led out me. that way. Yeah, he, yeah, he is. <laughs> he leads us well in that. But I remember I, I posted about it and someone commented and said like, I wish I was in a place to do that. Um, and so if anybody's feeling a little bit of that defeat, I just want to speak to like, you kind of can't really dream until you don't have the physical means to make it happen yeah. because if you don't have the, if you don't have it's the money, that's what a dream yeah. is. Yeah. It means you don't have the money. You don't have the time. Yeah. You don't have the capacity. Um, that's when like, it gets good. When yeah. we start to say like, what would we do? And I would say we drive almost everyone in our life nuts <laughs> with kinds of questions. Yeah. Um, we asked it at the dinner table the other day, like, what would you do if you had $5 million? And like like defeat and like frustration like roamed around yeah. in that conversation but like that's that's kind of a really happy safe space for us like talking about things that are that are so far out from reality mm -hmm. um that they kind of wake something up in us mm -hmm. yeah that's cool i think i don't i don't bet you but just the like um this is so random but we always talk we always talk about like the holy spirit as like a guider and like spiritual gifts and um like discerning the will of god but i like lately i've been all right how do i walk in a spirit in marriage and so like if it's like buying a gift or writing a card or like yeah. it's like all things that we think about or all things that we are like oh i should do that and just you just gotta make time for it and pull the trigger. And so it yeah. sounds super weird, but I always associated the Holy spirit with like, yeah, or, or, you know, walking in this, the will of God is like, all right, God, what's the like macro will for my life? Yes. And rather than like, Oh, it's date night. I should buy something. Like if she's <laughs> the superpower of planning it, I can always buy a gift or like yeah. write a card or whatever. And so I think just walking in the supernatural power of, of the moment. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. Weird. As we're uh, closing, this has been absolutely awesome. I'm going to share maybe uh, share in a moment a takeaway mm -hmm. from your side, but um, just uh, click, linking into that, what you're saying about how does how do you live out your relationship to God? Like, are, do you pray together? Do you read the Bible together? How how do you hear from God um, as you're planning, strategizing vision, or just for next steps? How does that look like? randomly we like <laughs> early I was, uh, for me like in college like I had so much shame and guilt because like we could not pray together or read the bible together like every time we started something it just like never have I don't know like it just it never worked but bec because 
because we are together so much, like we are praying together, reading the word together and on all these things just by osmosis or whatever. And yeah. so I think it's been what works for us. And I, maybe this like takes a lot of the pressure off of people to be like, okay, every day at 7 a.m., like we wake up, we pray together, we're like we take communion together, um, we baptize each other. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know, like, because I feel like as couples, you're like, we gotta do this. <laughs> Throw water on each other. It feels like a good romance tip. Yeah, but like for, <laughs> but for, um, but for us, it's like we we pursue God as individuals. Yeah, and then that brings us together better yeah. and we're always talking about what God's teaching us and we're always like talking about what we're learning and we're always like I feel like that has brought more energy than the like okay let's let's open up the Bible study and okay you do your part and you read your part out loud and I don't know it just I, I feel like it takes a lot of the pressure off because the pressure is to become more like him together yeah and however you do that whatever that looks like is is your like God's gift to your marriage. And so for, for us, I feel like it's, we found a lot of freedom and Hey, you, you pursue God in a totally different way than I do, but we pursue him together and we always come back to like what he's teaching us and what does this mean yeah. for our marriage and, and, you know, make a plan from it in obedience. Yeah. Same. I, I love to free women up when they say like, do you guys do a marriage devotional? Do you have like a quiet time? Like never. No, yeah. we, we like to talk to God in different ways. Yeah. We like to talk to God at different times. We spend yeah. time with God at different times. Um, we don't, we tend to not even sit in the same room. If we're yeah. studying scripture, like we tend to not even sit in the same room together. Um, and, I, the reason why I'm, I think that there are some couples that absolutely need like really solid rhythms of that. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Absolutely. Um, I think if, if it's really life-giving for you to read a Psalm every day together or read a book together, I think that's beautiful. I will also say we've never read a book together. Um, we've read a book like as a church staff. We read, we read books they, we read the same book. It's not together. Yeah. <laughs> usually, usually one of us says, Hey, have you, I just got done. And yeah. I'm like, Oh, I got to read that. And I'll say, Hey, have you, I just got in. And so that's like beautiful too. Cause we're, yeah. we're sharpening one another. Yeah. But there's a huge part of me that's like, well, if you read it and you can tell me about it, I'll read something and I can tell you about it and we'll get double the amount of books read. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I just, to free people up, that is not how it's like for us. But, and, and the, but the, the, also the piece of that, that's felt, huge to me is that there is not a spiritual like dimension or part or rhythm of our relationship. The whole thing is deeply spiritual. And mm -hmm. so I don't want to say like, let's read our marriage devotional together. And then 30 minutes later, be a crappy wife because mm -hmm. I've like siphoned off that spiritual Siloed, yeah. part. Yeah. So instead, um, I would just, I would just encourage people like just as you're today, we drove to the grocery store to buy groceries for, Thanksgiving. And we talked about what God was teaching us. Mm -hmm. Um, and it wasn't like tidy and sweet. It wasn't like, what's God teaching you? It was like, it, it was wrestling. It was, and... it was correcting me on something that I, was, <laughs> uh, that I wasn't, I was not believing the right thing. And so it was like, Hey, yeah, this is what, cause I think that the point is not the act. The point is how does the act transform us or like, how does yeah. it lead yeah. us into yeah. totally. Come on. So it's, 
like we all hate the word hypocrite but it's like sometimes we are functional hypocrites when hey you're supposed to be hearers and doers or hearers and obedient to whatever god's asking you it's i mean you guys have done an amazing job in being a part of environments where you you simply ask what is god saying to you and what are you going to do about it yeah Yeah. and and that's like what it is and i think sometimes we like overcomplicate it and it's more about the like uh the process rather than the transformation but that's not that's not it it's about looking more like him yeah that's so good i know that exactly what you're saying is going to free up um lots of couples lots of women lots of expectations (laughs) this whole interview will free a lot of people up to really you know be who they are live out who they are it's been absolutely awesome what has one of your takeaways been I really love the way you said about you the, the superpower from each other. You know, it's such a the way you look at the things of actually it's a gifting that God has given you. It might go on my nerve right now, but it's in the long run. It's, it's a gift. It's a gift. <laughs> it's really a gift. <laughs> and I just love that of yes, maybe taking a step back of things that um, bother you right now. It's where is maybe the blessing in this? Where is maybe if I can even lay down my um, pride, what's the bigger picture in that? So I love that. That's a great word. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm looking forward to your word. Well, yes, I won't go so personal. No. Um, uh, no, definitely. I think one thing that my takeaway from this biggest takeaway actually isn't just one point. It's just the way that you've thought through so many different things. Um, it was such a, uh, you know, a great deep conversation and how you've self-reflected um, and how you, like I said before in the interview, you'd be, you're two strong individuals working on this marriage, making it work, making uh, a church work, a business work, and you're finding ways to do that. And uh, kudos to you uh, for going through that process. Really, it's absolutely mm-hmm. awesome. It's that, I think that's the biggest encouragement that's yeah. coming out of it. You are going through this process. You are reflecting on your differences. You're reflecting on your challenges and you're acting on, okay, how do we deal with these challenges? How do we move past this pain? How do we, uh, you know, become a better uh, marriage, a better couple, a better, have a better relationship? And that's such an encouragement mm-hmm. uh, to us as well, you know, and not being frustrated and uh, just sticking in in a, in a certain situation, but saying, okay, okay, we're here, but how do we get over there? Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to be also a great, great um, encouragement to so many. Can I, uh, can I do a quick takeaway real quick? Sure. Sure. All right. This is a, this is a takeaway from just from you guys, knowing you guys for a long time. I love that you guys, y'all have done so many things in life and you're like still dreaming and you're still living out the dream. And so we just have seen you guys in different phases and different seasons. And, um, you know, I just, I love how y'all are still dreaming, but also like living out the dream and just trying to to do hard things for the kingdom. And so I really value that in y'all. I know that wasn't a takeaway from this <laughs> podcast, but I just from seeing you guys and knowing you guys, um, I just love Thank that about you. y'all. You guys are the real deal. Thank you. Thank you Thank so you. much. That's awesome. Thank you. Where can, uh, where's the best place to connect with you on Instagram or in the internet? In the, the internet. World Wide Web. <laughs> you do I, Nick logs into Instagram when I make him, um, not really, but 
Uh, I'm Jess A. Connolly on Instagram, and he is N. Connolly on Instagram. N. Connolly, N. C. O. N. N. O. L. L. Y. <laughs> Follow him on Instagram. I would, I, I'm, I want him to post more there. So I was, I was taking a breather. Yeah, he's nice. taking a break. He's gonna get back into it. Yeah, there you um, go. Brightcity.church is the website of our church, and uh, my website is jessconnolly.com. That's awesome. And uh, will, uh, do you sell the your newest book, Breaking Free from Body Shame? Is that on the website? It is. It's Come there. Everything. She's awesome. a new website overhaul, so everything you need to know is there. It's brand she's new. Launching a new uh, Breaking Free opportunity for women to do. Uh, I guess workouts with you, but also yeah. like heart workout and physical workout. And yeah. So that's launching soon. Black Friday sales are coming. I don't know when this. Oh, Black Friday sales! Come on, <laughs> tell, us, tell us about it. What's the biggest deal? The biggest deal is we are offering. We have a community of women who work out together online. It's called Good Body Gals, and um, we're offering a year membership to Good Body Gals for a hundred dollars, and that also includes. Um, access to an e-course we created called the body shame detox, which wow. helps women detox what they hear, what they see, what they say, and what they do that aids in body shame. So it's a, it's like $150 value, but it's an entire year essentially of body image coaching for a hundred dollars. That is awesome. That is so good. Well, go get that. Um, that's like a 33% off. probably going to be shown afterwards, but even for 150, it's an awesome price. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. It'll always be available. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Rebecca, would you close us out in prayer? Yes. Fadona, thank you so much for the Connellys. Thank, thank you, you that you truly live in them. Thank yeah. you, Father, that they were not to be stopped in all the challenges. When they faced the poverty, when they faced the challenge of so many kids in a short time, her being the woman... Um, her body of like what does it mean how can I handle this and all, having all these dreams and father you help them to move on they yeah. could have taken a step back and say you know what let's just catch some breath first and and evaluate and then start over but they kept going on they kept yeah. on dreaming they kept on being crazy yeah. and right now you're blessing that so I'll ask you that for your extra yeah. blessing upon their marriage that they always will be able to find each other again. They will always be able to have the right conversation, the right words, the right apology, Father. And while we listened to them and heard for them, I'm sure all the listeners, we had our moments where we realized, oh, I can do this. That's the thing I can do for my spouse. So I thank you that you have empowered us. You live in us. This means you are not going to be stopped. Where I think I found my end, you're going to start That's there. Right. And so I thank you That's that right. we can... With you, have the bigger picture of our marriage. With you, we can keep on dreaming. With you, we can keep on pursuing and going on. And the best is truly just ahead of us. So thank you for your provision, your blessing, for your strength that lives in us, in the Connellys, and in all the um, listeners, and that we are moving on, and we're going to change the world, and we're going to live those marriages, Father, because you live in us. Thank you. Amen. 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 Thank you, thank you, thank you. We love you guys. We love you too. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in to the Unstoppable Duo Show. We pray that you were encouraged and were able to take away an idea of how your marriage can become a little more unstoppable this week. Are you looking for more? Twice a year, Rebecca and Tim coach a small number of couples through their 90-day Unstoppable Breakthrough Experience. 
Why not join them and create the marriage you always believed was possible? Go to theunstoppableduo.com and register today. We look forward to seeing you next week right here on The Unstoppable Duo Show.